The Lupa and Roy Show is a Say What Media production. The presenting sponsor is Blue Microphone. What up? This is Lupe Fiasco, a rapper. Hey, yo, what up? This is Royce to 5'9", also a rapper. And this is Tom Frank. I'm just a regular dude, and you're listening to The Lupe and Roy Show. You ended up getting that sword? Of course. I got it this morning. You did? I want to see it. I'm, I'm not. Give, uh, no. Why not? I'll show it to you later. Because I got to walk all the way over there and and take it off the stand and take it out the the the, the wrapping thing and then I got to show it to you and all that stuff. How does the sword right come now? to you? Does it come in like in a box? FedEx show up with it? Yeah, like a person. I don't know if it's FedEx, but I mean, I mean that's a weapon. You can't just put a weapon through regular. Was the delivery guy wearing a karate gi? I didn't even see it. I just heard like a like beeps on a machine, like beep 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 beep. Then I heard like. A loud thud on my porch. I was like, "This bastard just slung my sword on the on the porch." I knew it was coming today, though, so that's how I knew it was my sword. You're telling me they leave a a sword, an actual weapon, just sitting on your front porch? A box. the The box isn't shaped like a sword. It's a box. I, I you don't know what's it. in it. I don't know. About is that how? Because that's how your mind. That's how my mind it. works. Yeah. It's a big sticker that says, "This is a sword." It's a big. No, it says, "This is very sharp." Oh, I see. Like whatever's in here is very sharp, and it's like a skull and crossbone. Yeah. They that's actually cool. leave your packages. They don't like do you how they do me. They never leave my packages. They just leave stickers on the door. You need to move into a better neighborhood. I'm. It's not. I'm not talking about it at my house. I'm talking about at the studio here. You need to get a studio in a better neighborhood. Send me some. Send me a listing of some better neighborhoods. <laughs> I mean, Royal Oak is an amazing neighborhood. I've been there; it's beautiful. Oh, man. You want me to move my studio to Royal Oak? Yeah, nobody told you to open up a multi-million-dollar studio <laughs> in the depths of the ghetto. <laughs> oh man, I think they got something against me, man. I think it's a personal thing against me. They don't want me to have my packages. I think they don't want anybody else to have your packages. That might be it. Like if you lived in a good neighborhood, they might just or had the studio in a good neighborhood. I think they would just leave them. But if they feel like it's not even a neighborhood, you know, it's not even a neighborhood, man. It's like an industrial area. Nobody's stealing packages over here. I, I've once stole the door off of a house in Detroit and put it in the back of my car. For what Why'd reason you do did you? <laughs> yeah. Why'd you do that? You mean why? Well, I mean that's a legitimate question. Why I mean, would you I do needed, this? I needed a door. I need a door. You got any extras? Detroit has many doors, clearly. Yeah, but they all attach to houses. You said you got doors. I was in Detroit and uh, was looking, was working on like an art project with actually Jessica Caremore, all right, the poet who's, who's based in Detroit. Wonderful, wonderful poet. Um, and for some, I got up there for some reason, and we were we were talking about doing a a uh, just this art exhibit just for the sake of doing it. And one of the exhibits, you know, for some reason required a, a door. And I was like, hey, where can we get a door? And it was like off one of these houses. Home Depot. Home. Take Depot off and just home. Well, home Depot, thing. however, is not one of our sponsors. They're not. And I only steal from my sponsors. So now there was a person out in Detroit with no door. Oh, no, the house was completely abandoned. Completely run down. It was, it was probably more snow in the house than it was outside. You ever squatted in a house and, and people thought that it was vacant, so they took they stole the door? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. So you squatted in Detroit? No, I don't have squatting in my history. Okay, I'm just making you never know. Like, you might have had one of those moments where you just was like, ah, I'm homeless. I need to... But Detroit has so many homes, so, uh, you know, I have a home. I have been homeless, but never squatted. I can always find a friend's house to, to sneak and, you know, spend the night over somebody's house. 
Mm. Isn't that squatting though? Or no, squatting is when it's abandoned. Yeah, squatting right? is just when you just take some, you just take an abandoned house and just you just decide it's yours now. <laughs> you just gonna, yeah. just go in there like, yo, this is mine now. Yeah. So under those auspices, recognizing, really assessing that this place was abandoned, they had a really nice door. I don't even think the door was really attached to the hinges that well anyway. And I just went in and 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 took it, put it in the car and uh, dropped it off at the at the artist's house. And that was just that story. That's an amazing story. Thank you. Glad you enjoyed it. We got a lot of things going on in the world today. Can I bring up can I bring up some more sensitive things? That was sensitive. What's more sensitive than stealing someone's door? Like that's very sensitive. Do you know Chadwick Bozeman? I wanna I wanna talk about him for a second. Ah, uh, yes, very much. Rest in peace, Black Panther. I mean, did you know him? No, I didn't I didn't know I didn't know him. Not only was he the Black Panther, but he also played Jackie Robinson in forty two. Really good film. Saw it on a plane. Royce, did you know uh Chadwick? I never got a chance to meet him. I never even seen him around before, but big fan. That's a that's a that's a big one. That's a big loss. How about the Black Black Panther? We've talked about Black Panther before. You like that movie? Yes, we have. T'Challa. That's a great movie. I didn't really see Black Black Panther all the way through. You didn't watch the whole movie. You just watched the beginning. I don't need to. What do you mean you don't need to? It's fucking great. <laughs> what I need to watch it for? It's already great. I didn't need to. It's already great. Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean? The movie itself, the concept itself, and how well that it did was just a message to black people how well something can perform as long as we support it in solidarity. So I didn't need to watch it. It's already great. Okay. I exit out of a lot of movies when I'm watching them. Like, very rarely can I watch a movie all the way through. But I was watching it. It was great. I thought it was great before I started to watch it. And it wasn't a movie that I felt like I needed to watch all the way through. It's already great. It's already it's already a legacy act, bro. At what point in the film did you did you exit out, as you said? I never have a particular exit point. One day I might sit down, I might watch it all the way up until, you know, uh I see like a bunch of beautiful black women. Then I might get on the phone. Then I might come back another day. Then I may just be flicking through the channels and I catch it from when they're like everybody's all muscular and cut up and I'm watching oh, I'm watching it, and then I maybe I may go do something else. Then I might see it from another place point i'm making is it was already great before all of this so before i had seen anything i was already tweeting about how great it was i don't understand why you don't understand what i'm saying you have melanin <laughs> sir so how many times have you have seen black panther more than i care to remember i've seen it tons of times i just never seen it all the way through i just never <laughs> seen it all the way through so you don't know what happened at the end of black panther basically try me lupe fiasco go ahead try me <laughs> Okay, <laughs> what happened at the end of Black Panther? Spoiler alert, ladies and gentlemen. Like which part? You don't know. Do what you, you talk? What which part you talking about? You got to be more specific. I'm talking about the end of the. A movie. A lot of things happen. Are you talking about like what do you mean storyboard wise or what? what you Just give, okay, give me some. Yes, yes. <laughs> give me some of the multiple strands of the end of Black Panther. The multiple potential, not even potential. What really happened? You don't even. Yes, I'm listening. T'Challa. T'Challa. <laughs> have you ever seen the end of any movie ever yeah playing movies such as what's your top movie that you actually watched all the way through probably five heartbeats only the greatest only, only the greatest thing that ever happened to cinema ever in the history of movies five heartbeats absolutely why'd you say that like that want to argue about it <laughs> i've never i've never seen it oh you need to watch it then why not i just i've never seen it do you oh, ever no. sing in the shower 
Yeah, I'm a great singer in the shower. Well, you can't be a great singer in the shower till you watch Five Heartbeats. I'm sorry to let you know that. I'll, I will. I will watch the Five Heartbeats. It's never crossed my mind to watch Five Heartbeats. Do you think there was a failure at the marketing level that it, it never penetrated your lily white circle? It's what early '90s. It doesn't matter when it was. Well, I'm just saying. Back in, it's '91. Okay, so we're clear. So we're clear. You have a TV, right? <laughs> do have a TV? Just okay, one. you do have yeah. a TV. Okay. I got okay. a few TVs. Okay. Whew. Okay. Whew. Now we got that. So, out of you. so you're, you're, you're both recommending that I go and watch the five heartbeats. First of all, I'm not. I'm recommending that you get a TV. He is. <laughs> T first. That's an acronym. Stands for television. You yes, got to get one you. of those. Get a TV. I'll, I will. I will watch the five heartbeats. Watch it to the end. I'm going to. Don't I, be like. I don't, if I watch a movie, it's from beginning to end. I've seen some of it. I think I've seen it all the way through. The five heartbeats is like a grown up people's movie. So maybe you were a little bit more mature than I was and got sucked into it. Or you were in a family that actually was like, hey, we got to watch Fire Heartbeats. Back in the day, we were watching like action films and like crime dramas. So I've seen all of like the black crime dramas. That's what we were watching. So like Juice and Straight Out of Brooklyn, um, which is terrifying, a terrifying film um, for me anyway. And uh, Sugar Hill. We was watching like we New Jack City. Now I do like know. New Jack City. Not only have I seen New Jack City, but I went up to to a studio one time to see KG from from Naughty by Nature, and I seen Wesley Snipes and Leon both in the same room. Ooh! Oh wow! Blew your mind. Yeah. Shout out to KG. Shout out to KG. Divine Neil. I was very drunk. I called Wesley Snipes Nino, and he didn't like that too much. And then I went up to Leon. <laughs> I went up to Leon. And I tried to like, you know, you know, one of those little um, one of those first devices that they made where you could like film stuff and do like videos real, really quick and then plug them right up USB to your computer. Yeah. I can't remember what it what it was. I was trying to do mm-hmm. like a video with Leon and he was just like, not right now. And I remember just really, really, really thinking to myself, like, I should beat this motherfucker's ass because I was so drunk because <laughs> I was so drunk. I don't know what came over me. I almost forgot he was Leon for a minute. I, almost I was going to say, this is the guy from your favorite movie yeah. of all time. Exactly. Your idol. He's, he's teaching you how to sing in the shower. You're refining that. And you meet this man. In addition to another amazing, phenomenal black actor. And because he tells you not right now. He didn't tell you no. He said not, not right, right now. now. Your first thought was I finna beat his motherfucking ass. Yeah, because I well not his motherfucking ass. I'm finna beat this motherfucker's ass. It's that's the difference. But I was thinking to myself, <laughs> you know, like when when the guy is such a good actor, you know, you think of all of the things that he did great in the movie, but you also think of the things that he did in the movie to piss you off. I ain't like how he played Duck in the movie. You know what I mean? So I I kind of wanted to fuck him up just for how he did his brother in the movie. You know. But that's a movie, though. He's that's a you're meeting him in real life. I was drunk, bro. I don't know why actors always have a problem with like when they when they do such a classic role, they have a problem with you bringing that up. So Wesley Snipes was like, "Hey, man, I played a lot of roles since Nino." So wait, stop! You you can't do this. Why not? First of all, it's a sacred space. No, it's not. And you meet people. Yes, it is. People see me all the time and go, hey, man, I love Boom. I don't go, that was like 1999. I've done plenty since then. That's that's not cool to do. Wait, so you're saying it's not okay to go up to an actor and and talk about a a past movie of his? 
I would say not in the sacred space, like the studio. Like maybe, like not, and definitely not initially, like straight up off the bat. I think you would have to kind of see if they're interested in getting to talk about the No, film. Wesley Snipes was in the process yes. of, he had a bunch of people like in a room and it was like, he had something up on a screen and he had everybody looking at it and everybody was quiet, just staring at the center of the screen. And he was talking just like Bruce Lee. And he was going, now see the water, the water, he kept referring to water as water. And he was trying to describe something really deep about water. You know how Bruce Lee used to be like, you got to be water. You got to, you got to be water. Like he was trying to like, Mm -hmm. he was talking like Mm -hmm. a karate master. It was really weird, bro. So I think when I interrupted him and called him Nino, I think that he wanted me to call him Bruce Lee. Because that's what he was doing at the moment. I'm starting to see his point now. I'm starting to take his side now if he was deep into water. Or I'm thinking that he was putting on a very engaging presentation and maybe a pursuit of his that we may not be completely aware of. But he is very seems to be a very spiritual brother. And you you come in and say, hey, ain't that, ain't that Nino Brown over there? He's trying to teach a, a, a guided meditation course. You come in smelling like Hennessy. Listen, first of all, it wasn't, it wasn't Hennessy and it was Patron. And Wesley Snipes, if you're watching, I know you know a lot of karate. If you can kick my ass, then I'll be different. Listen, man, I seen Wesley Snipes in Puerto Rico one time. It's pretty cool. And and did you call him Nino Brown? No, I did not. Why not? Because I respected the space. Did you at least say hello? I don't even remember if I said hello. I definitely didn't call him Nino. Nino! Like, I'm going to beat your motherfucking ass. Like, I didn't do that. You're listening to the Lupe and Royce show with Lupe Fiasco, Royce the Five Nine, and Tom Frank. We want to thank Blue Microphones for supporting our show. For 25 years, Blue has helped people to find and amplify their voices. And today, they are the mic of choice for millions of musicians, podcasters, and YouTubers. No matter what kind of content you create, Blue has a setup that will make you sound and look great. If you've ever thought about creating your own podcast or stream, check out the Yeti Caster. It's a complete mic and boom arm system that connects to your laptop, bringing the ultimate broadcast studio to your home or office. Now is the perfect time to start your creative project. Visit bluemike.com and click get started to start telling your story. Royce. Yes, sir. Jacob Blake. I want to I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, we just we just us as black men, we're just being attacked. What America is doing is they're finding loopholes and shit like that instead of just looking at the obvious. They shot the man in the back eight times. They're saying that he had a knife in the car, that they found a knife in the car. So fucking what? What does that have to do with anything? Like the law is you can't use excessive force unless you are in imminent danger. Your life is in imminent danger. There's no way for your life to be in imminent danger with somebody's back to you unless he's going to fucking grow arms out of his back. And then he's going to throw the knife over his head and catch it with the arms that he just grew out of his back and then attack police somehow that way. Mm -hmm. But there's plenty of footage of white people being pulled over by the police and doing all kinds of crazy shit. And they don't get shot. There's no, even, it doesn't even seem like it's a thought of excessive force in their heads. Yeah. So that's, that's my problem. My problem is the justice being, not being doled out equally and everybody needing to know all of the fucking facts whenever it's a black person. I don't like that. Yeah. Just looking at sports. Do you think that that is a, an eye opener to, to have people come out and like literally shut down leagues to at least stop and make people think? Yeah, it's like a it's like a last resort type of thing. It's, it shouldn't be necessary. It shouldn't have it shouldn't have to come down. It shouldn't be necessary. But do you think that was a a positive thing? I think it was a positive thought, but not not continuing it out and kind of like I don't want to use the word fold. So I'm gonna say for lack of a better term, but to, you know, to just kind of fold and get right back out there 
it kind of defeats the purpose. You know, like when you make that kind of stand, that stand in solidarity, that's something that you have to stick to. And that's when you do that, that means that you have their attention. So at that moment, now it's time to start making demands with like a clear narrative. Mm -hmm. You know, like everybody's not just yelling and complaining all at the same time, but actually saying, okay, this is the, this is the contract we need with America between America and black people in order for us to continue to perform. How do you actually do that? You know, like these athletes all stopped their, their respective sports Mm -hmm. and everything was canceled. But I don't know if they have any clue of what to do next. They got everybody's attention. And then, as you said, they literally just went right back to work. Yeah, they have a. They but have I think a, it's because they they're what what do you do? Like, what what, they, what would you actually do? I think they know what to do. They know what to do. But they get it's, it, there's a lot of incentives. There's, there's a lot of incent, incentivized ways to get them to to go back to doing what they were doing. You know, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people that they use as liaisons to go talk sense into them. You know, you've seen, the, you seen the, the headline, you know, Obama. Yeah. Obama talks to LeBron, boom. Next thing you know, back to hooping. Yeah. And the world can go back, and the, and the country can go back to being corrupt. And you know what that's going to lead to? You're gonna, that's going to lead to the people who, don't, who feel that they don't have a voice protesting more, and more things are going to get burnt down. You know what I mean? And then more people, more militias are going to be out there killing people, especially if this kid get off with murder. If he get off with murder, this is going to incentivize more people from militias to go kill more people. I don't yeah. understand how what that's how is that solving anything? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, if nothing else, this is all making us all talk about things, right? You and I are talking about this right now. When would we have ever talked about this unless this just happened? I feel like we've been at that we've been at that point for the whole pandemic. You know, like we it, yeah. There's been a, a lot of things that happen that, that forces narrative, and I I just feel like now it's time to go from narrative to yeah. action. Action, yeah. And then, you know, the way that things are happening, the way that they they shot that kid in the back like that, it just doesn't look like the people who are supposed to care, it just doesn't look like they care. That's not policing. That's not policing on any on any level. And I know a whole bunch of police officers. I'm super I'm super tight with a whole lot of high ranking officials. And all of them told me that's not that's not policing. That's not how you police. Yeah. I just took a gun class because I'm getting my my um my gun my gun license. I just took the class. Uh, last month and um you know the guidelines for which you can carry and for which you can use it it's very similar to the same guidelines that the police officers have to adhere to but the police officers are actually held to a much higher standard because they've actually been trained yeah you know and it's like you can't overkill somebody you 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 shoot to put the person down you use you use excessive force to put him down and that's it you can't even shoot somebody in your house eight times they shot him eight times and they shot him in the back. In the back. Somebody, yeah. If somebody comes in your house and you have a, 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 a licensed firearm and they if they have Lupe Fiasco's VCR and, and they're running out and they're running out the door, Lupe Fiasco can't shoot him in the back to get his VCR back. Even no, if he has a knife, every, even if he has a knife hanging from his belt. No, that's not that's your interpretation of the law, which is one side of it. That's not what the law says. Um, and that's definitely not what the law says about the police. And there's not there's no difference whether they're running towards you, running away from you. Um, if you if somebody's in the process of a felony and in action of a felony and you are the police officer, it's at their discretion to the amount of force that they use. But they're well within their bounds to shoot someone in the back, in the chest, in the head, whatever it is, um, to stop someone that they feel is either on their way to get a weapon, has some type of 
uh, weapon that they can't see. They haven't properly searched this person. And it may be that this person has, like they said, admitted to having something. They just don't know where it is. Right. Um, so that's what the law says. And that's been going back. You know, that's from law that I read from 19 from 1950. Right. And it was the different circumstances in which you can use that force in a misdemeanor situation and in a felony situation. And it changes and it all comes down to the discretion of the officer in that period of time, because the officer is the only the officer and the suspect are the only ones who know that situation the most. Nobody else knows. The judge doesn't know. The D.A. doesn't know. The protesters don't know. The people who are fully informed and fully experts about those situations are the people that are directly involved with it. Right. Not to do with one camera angle from over here, another from camera angle over there, because all of the camera angles show that one specific perspective. But none of those camera angles show the police's state of mind, that person's state of mind, how the police officer read the situation, how the person was responding to the situation. So I have police officers in my family. You know, my dad was a police officer. My sister's a police officer. My two brothers are police officers. Um, so I go through it in a certain intimacy, the same way you have. And I have tons of I know mayors and and different folks like that as well. And there is a certain set of protocols which some police bend to their favor, for sure. And there's other times when police let people go, right? There's there's footage of a of a dude in Atlanta who was at the mall, black dude. Everybody's black. The police officer's black. People are black. He's black. Everybody's black. Um, dude has a backpack. He he uh, he's getting like a. Either being confronted by somebody in the mall. I mean, there's no sound, so you don't know what's happening. Um, but and it's just one shot, dude. There's people antagonize him. He gets into a fight. Who starts it? Who doesn't know? Who doesn't know? The dude pulls a Draco, which is a mini AK-47, out of his out of the backpack that he has on. Starts waving it around. Right? Police walk up. You know, he gets down. They put cuffs on him. Take the gun. I guess they're talking, talking, talking. He uncuffs the guy, gives him the gun back. Right? Because the whole the whole situation is legal for him to have the gun. It was legal for him to pull it out in the way that he had it. It was concealed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And a Draco, which even though it's a mini AK-47, is still considered to be a pistol, not an assault rifle. Right? It's sold as a pistol. Right? So just because it's a big ass pistol doesn't make it a machine gun, even though it should be considered a machine gun. I know this because I have multiple Dracos. Right. So the law bends in certain cases and the discretion of the cop leans to certain places and they they operate in the moment, depending on how they feel about the assailant, depending on how they feel that day. You think if that was a white police officer and that black man pulled that Draco out, do you think that black man would be living today? I don't know. There's other cases where black dude, all black cops, dude pulls the guns out and they, they shoot him 20 times because the circumstances that this guy, this person, right, was was actively being antagonistic and was a threat. And the police felt that he was a threat. And those black cops shot him. I know what we better not see. We better not see a black police officer kill an unarmed white man. That's what we better not see. You're going to see what real outrage looks like. You're going to see what real, real outrage looks like. it, And I want to see I want to see how how you're going to respond to that, Lupe Fiasco. 
What do you mean? I'm going to respond by the law. I'm going to respond the same way that I'm responding right now. It's one thing to understand your feelings. It's another thing to understand the narrative. It's another not, thing to I'm understand the narrative. I'm not speaking out of my feelings. Another thing. I'm not saying that you are. I was paraphrasing the law as it as it was being explained to me by the people who I know who are in law enforcement. I haven't read law books and shit like that, but I know I know when I took the gun class, the guidelines that they told me that needed to be followed by the law by a citizen carrying the gun. And then they also talked about the same mm-hmm. guidelines that the police needed to adhere to. This came from a DEA agent. So I don't know. Right. At the same time too, a lot of police officers don't know the law. It's not their job to know the law. Why not? Right. I'm talking about all the statutes and all the specifics because it's just not their job. That's the job of the DA. Why would they not have to know the law? They're not lawyers. But they don't want the law enforcement. They, they have to enforce. How can you enforce laws if you don't know laws? There's a certain set of they're looking for crime, right? And it's up for them to observe at the best of their abilities if a crime is being how, committed. How can you observe a crime is a broken law? Because it, crime it, is. did this person break into this person's house? When I pull up, right, I get a call. There's a guy breaking into my house. Do you come up and observe a guy breaking? We all know breaking into your house is a crime. We know robbery is a crime. You know, rape is a crime. We know murder is a crime. I'm talking about specific things. Like, did this dude commit computer fraud? Well, how can you know specific things about laws if you don't know the law? But the commission of the commission of a violent act, right? It's very. It's not that many, right? It's a few. It isn't like it's hundreds. But there's hundreds of laws, hundreds, hundreds of statutes, right? And it's not impressed upon a cop a street cop to know all of that. That's why we have cops who go to law school, right? And to your point about, and I brought that up just to say that some of the worst, the worst trained and the worst interpreters of the law are police. And that comes from people who sell guns to the police. So police, police buy, can buy guns. It's, it's a little bit different here in California, but in Illinois, we got the same access to what police have access to. Like there's no separation of what the police have and what we have in L in, L, in California is different. So you can go and you can go into a gun store here and there's a whole nother section that unless you're law enforcement, you can't even go into, right. You're, you're stuck with kind of these civilian, these civilian stuff. But in Illinois, because the act, everybody has the same access. Everybody shops at the same places. And I have a, a very good rapport with, with, a, with a few gun dealers in Chicago. And they're like the worst people that come into the store who do not know what the fuck they doing are the police. They don't know how to handle a gun. They don't like literally they come in and like, they'll take their gun out and, and hand it to dude and be like, Hey, can you help me fix this? And dude's like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? Right. Like you just don't come in here and, and operate like that. I don't give a fuck if you got a badge because the badge doesn't matter if you're going to accidentally discharge and kill somebody in the store. Right. So you will be surprised that some of the most well-trained, the most well-understanding of the law and how to operate in and around and above the law are those same militias. Probably know more about the law than the fucking police do. I mean, let's be honest. A, a lot of the people yeah. that, that end up becoming cops too, and this is not to say anything bad, but they might not be the, uh, the lawyers, the smartest people, the people that have actually memorized every law there is. I mean, they know enough to do their job. I actually agree with you on this one, but what I don't agree with yeah, you and on, they get a call, they get a call yeah. and they got to do it. But back, back to the, the Jacob Blake thing, just, I have to get to say this though, at the end of the day, whether it's right, wrong or whatever, yeah. legal or not, what could possibly be going yeah. through the guy's head that shot this guy, what, seven, eight times in the back. Like, even if you thought he was going in for a weapon, 
you know that you know yeah. people were recording this. You know this is how do you just not shoot him in the leg or, or take him down? There's eight of you. How many of were cops yeah. were there? There were like like to me that's the, I don't care what's right people. or wrong, but it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Like why would you do that? Like you know you're going down this road. First, you're not supposed to shoot people in the leg. They don't they don't train police officers to shoot people in the legs, right? For various reasons. Right. But don't you think the they could have brought him down in another way without shooting them seven times? They could have done all. They could have done all kinds of stuff. But here's the thing: whenever when it comes to knives and proximity, uh, police officers are taught to shoot. Say say you actually have a knife, right? And dude is standing with the knife at a distance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they've done tests and studies that to cover the maximum distance, I think is like thirty feet, meaning somebody's thirty feet away from you, mm-hmm. right? You could there's still not enough time for you to take your weapon out, aim it, and discharge. By the time that person, by the time you do that action, that person has been able to cover like 20, 30 feet and stab you. So, and this is from 30 years ago, right? Where these questions of, okay, if somebody has a knife, forget a gun, somebody has a knife or a club, okay, what is a safe distance? And they've done it. And it's like, well, it's like 50 feet. But once somebody gets within 10 feet, two feet, whatever, I mean, it's a, again, it's up to the discretion of the cop. Do you want to get, if you feel that somebody has a knife that you haven't searched, right? And you're like, I do I want to get proximate with this person? If I know that I can still get killed by a knife, I might be able to kill them. I might be able to put a couple rounds in them, but just they're still able to approach me in a certain capacity. I mean, it's at the discretion of the officer. If you want to take that chance as an officer. It would be easier for me to judge like a lot of these scenarios without using my emotion and just going by the law. If it seemed like that the police officers that we're talking about did the same. A lot of this shit is emotion. A lot of it is based in their preconceived notion of black people or their prejudged hatred of black people. Mm -hmm. I agree. You know what I mean? So it's not it ain't just about the law because it's only happening to us. It's not happening to anybody else. I mean, go ahead. It's happening. That's the narrative. But, go, but ahead. go ahead. You're going to say. No, so think about this, you know, big picture. I mean, policing all around the world. When they look at America, and I don't, we could play apples and oranges, but I mean, I'm not, I don't plan to live in America my entire life. Right. So I'm, I want to move to somewhere else, just to be clear. But understand that policing all over the world, they'll look at America like, y'all got it sweet. Like all they did was shoot. All they did was tase you. But shit, if you were in Colombia, right, they would have killed you, burnt your body and did all kinds of shit to you. The police. If you were in the Philippines, they're just pulling up on people, blowing their brains out in front of their kids. Not no investigation or anything. If you were in if you were in, in Kenya. Right. There's cell phone footage of police pulling up. Look, where's the dude? Where's such and such? pulling them out of the crowd, laying them on the ground and executing them in front of broad daylight and nothing happens. No, and they have the footage of you shooting that dude. You're talking about a situation that hasn't to do with, doesn't have to do with the race though. I think what yes, Royce is saying. Yes, that's what I'm saying. You're conflating. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking the same, about situations I agree where that people are being I, targeted. That's what I'm talking about. I agree with that. And I understand what you're saying. And I can point to a hundred, I can point to boys in the hood. I can point to Nino Brown. I could point to everywhere that white people and white cops have been educated that black people are animals and they're violent and they're this and it's reinforced and there's this and they're that gangs and, and rap music and the whole shit. That shit works. But you would just be justifying. It you would works. just be justifying. 
No, I'm not justifying shit. I'm just agreeing with your point. You'd just be finding something to point at to justify wrong. The the whole point is I try and take into consideration everything. The narrative, the emotion, the law. Why not? What am I supposed to do? Just go off emotion? Emotions don't win games. I'm trying to win. I'm not trying to prove the police wrong. I'm trying to win. I'm trying to get black people to a place where we win. Where we win. Where we have a society where we feel safe. And white people feel that we are, that we're not just animals out to kill them, right? And emotion's not going to win that battle. Well, who the fuck is doing all the killing? When, when have white people felt not safe around black people? When has black people been executing white people? What history do we have of doing that? There is a narrative in America that I agree with. Do I believe that the narrative is correct? No. Do I believe that the threat Am I more afraid of the police than am I than I am afraid of Inglewood? No. I fear Inglewood more than I fear the police. Why? That's just me. Um that sounds like an emotion. That sounds like I've an emotional place to come to. You have niggas. I mean, my people got their shit shot up. And you get the call and you gotta go, you gotta leave the studio right now because we at war. So I've been in those positions. Right? And it wasn't the police. Mm-hmm. Right. It wasn't that we did anything to a nigga that I said something out of a pocket to a nigga is just pure greed or pure. Just we don't fuck with these niggas, not because they black. Mm-hmm. Right. I stepped on a nigga's shoes. Right. So, yeah, I've had my interactions with the police. I've had guns pulled out on me by the police. I've had guns to the side of my head from the police. Right. Mm-hmm. Laughing and smiling. Mm-hmm. So I've been there. I've done that. The difference between those officers and the niggas in Inglewood you're talking about is your taxpaying dollars don't pay the niggas in Inglewood. They just a product of marginalized areas that they've been fucking subjugated areas that they've been marginalized to. Police officers are, are, are yeah, hired yeah. officials. They get paid by our taxpaying dollars. I know you pay your taxes because you'd be in jail yeah. if you didn't. And I pay my taxes. We don't get to view them the same. We don't get to put one. We don't get to put the shoe on the other foot. But to those me, two sip- if you're just saying that I pay these niggas so they shouldn't kill me. You pay niggas in the street all day that'll kill you. What, 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 I don't understand. Same nigga that you took, that you that you took, that the same dude that you was hustling in the streets with, the same crew that you was riding around with will be the same niggas that'll put you in the trunk. Yeah, but that don't have nothing to do with and what you I'm pay talking them niggas. about. I don't have nothing to do with what I'm talking about. It does. It, it, goes, it goes down because I pay these niggas, they should be keeping me safe. That's not true in the streets. Why would it be true in the, in the police department? I think that's our salary. point of contention. You want you want to give the police the benefit of the doubt, and I don't want. I don't give the police the benefit of the doubt because I know, for one, I know it's not all I, I police. It all police. I also know that we don't pay all of their salaries. Taxpayer, everybody pays it. So Kyle Rittenhouse yeah, pays the police the, salary what, too. What, what's, what's the point of that point? Which means what's the point of that point? The point is that we don't. You acting like we pay their salaries specifically. I didn't say that. Like it's not a pool of money. I'm you know, saying our taxpayer dollars. Our taxpayer dollars. Everyone, yes. Yeah. Right. And I've seen white people get their shit split by the police just as quick as I've seen black people get their shit split. But by that the doesn't mean that just because that's what you've seen, because that's what you want to see. But it's not the truth. That ain't that what I want to see. I'm not looking for ass whoopings. It's only if, true objectively in Lupe Fiasco's mind is what I'm saying. You giving them more of a benefit of the doubt. I'm not. I'm holding them to a standard. The police don't give a fuck about me. They don't fuck about what I say. I just so happen to have multiple police officers in my family. I've I've read the law. I've read the books, right? I've been to the places. I've been in the streets. I've been in the whole place. I've had, I've, I've been in jail, right? I've sat in court, 
right? I've seen officers sit up there and talk wild shit. I've been pulled over illegally. I've had guns pulled to my shit. I've had my chain stolen by the police, Mm -hmm. right? But I've also had police come to a nigga's rescue, Mm -hmm. right? I've also seen that the only option that niggas had to come do a situation was the police. So I'm not for or against these niggas at all. But at the same time, too, I'm trying to win. That's it. I'm trying to win. And winning means that I'm not going to get everything that I want. Right. It's going to be some compromise. Right. And it's going to be some shit that we don't like to stomach or like to see. And at a certain point, if we're not willing to accept that and get over that, then we're going to be in the same cycles that we were in before. And I don't want that. I don't want to be antagonized to white people. White people ain't my enemy. Like it, it doesn't even matter to me like that. And I'm not going to put myself or allow myself to be put in a position like that just for the sake of some black identity code that law that somehow I missed that other niggas didn't as if they're more street than me or did more shit in the street than I did or been around less shit than I have. Well, I've spent less time in jail than they have or some shit. I don't know what the fuck happened, but for the sake of that, I'm not going to just live my life in fear of the fucking police and constantly at some type of mental battle. We're trying to get them to act right. I can't even get niggas to act right. <laughs> Who I pay. Sound like it's a whole bunch of stuff on your mind that you, you got to work out. I don't, I don't, I don't think about none of that stuff. Cause I'm not scared of no fucking police. You ain't, you ain't never got to, I'm, I'm never worried about them doing nothing to me. I'm talking about, there's a standard that I hold them to as the police. That's all. I don't generalize all of them as bad. Mm-hmm. But I realize the things that I see, I'm not going to be so preoccupied with winning that I'm not allowing myself to see the truth right in front of my fucking face. I can't do that. And I'm not going to compare the fucked up shit that they do to the fucked up shit that black people do in our communities because the two have nothing to do with each other. I mean, they don't. At the end of the day, I mean, don't you both agree? People get shot. White people, black people. Do more black people get shot? likely no, um, not, no it's not likely no not, not likely it's a definite definitely, it's a definite i would give that to you definitely. but at the end of the day don't you think police the majority of police are actually doing what they're supposed to be doing but there are a lot of bad apples out there there's still racism and when push comes to shove if it's a black man going for a gun or a, or a knife or something in the back of a car versus a white man there is going to be a certain set of people that are going to shoot first because he's black versus because he's white. That's our show for the week. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe or follow. Leave us a review and tell your friends to listen. The Lupe and Royce Show is a production of Say What Media. It's recorded and mixed by Claude Jennings. Our head writer is Lauren Sloat. I'm Tom Frank. And our theme music is by, who else? Lupe Fiasco and Royce the 5'9".